0: This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, hey, today we're talking about how to form a mission statement for your family. Also, David has an awkward situation with a stick.
0: <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. They're growing up with kids <laughs> podcast.
1: Good morning.
0: Hey, Rach, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing wonderful.
1: Good. What do you got? That's new for us. There, Smithereen.
0: <laughs> oh no, not again! <laughs> I Had an awkward situation with a stick the other day.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> how did a situation with a stick get awkward? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some might say it was all on me. <laughs> And not to stick.
1: I can only imagine. I mean what was the situation?
0: Um, so I was at a friend's, um, had a play date. <laughs> no, I was on a friend's porch and I was leaving. And they have a pretty well kept yard. Like, yeah. Like juxtaposed to our <laughs> yard. <laughs>
1: like they rake.
0: <laughs> Where there are like seven huge logs and some bamboo. And, yeah. you know, styrofoam swords and all that. They don't have all that. Yeah. So I um, am walking down their walkway, going down the stairs, and I see this stick like that fell from a tree or maybe one of our kids brought it over. Who knows? <laughs> right. And my thought was like, oh, the rest of their yard is really clean. I'm just going to pick this up. So it's probably like two feet long and, you know, an inch in diameter. I don't know. Yeah. Radius. Whatever Circumference? you measure. Circumference. <laughs> yeah, however you measure. <laughs> measure a stick with <laughs> size um, but then I start going down the stairs and I realize I now have a stick in my hand yeah what am I going to do with it <laughs> like I can't just throw it in someone else's yard
1: be like your, your yard looks like crap I'm going to throw <laughs> stick in your
0: yard I can't just throw it in the street my <laughs> friend is probably watching me at this point being like what's he doing with that stick So I just get in our car and put it put this two foot long stick on the floor, the passenger side. And then it seemed like such a nice thing to start. And then I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. He's probably like, I like that stick. And he just took it
1: you buckle the stick in like it seemed no. like you cared for the stick at that point he's probably like what we like sticks
0: so i wanted you to know we have a new child <laughs> his name's sticky
1: so then, did you drive it to our house and throw it away No. you I, put it in our yard
0: <laughs> that would have been No, i went and picked up one of our children and he gets in he goes why is there a stick in our car that was like long story <laughs> It's not. It's just a dumb story.
1: That's really funny.
0: So I think th- uh, it might still be there. Have you not noticed it?
1: In your car?
0: It's in your car because I was using your car.
1: Uh, no, I haven't noticed it. Okay, that probably means
0: that I just totally forgot that when I got home, I did just throw it in our yard. Oh, my gosh. In the leafy part. We have like a leafy part for a stick scale. <laughs> Um, so, funny. do you ever have the moments where you're like, oh, this will be really thoughtful? And then you're halfway through and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Totally. Totally. And then you have to look like you did know what you were doing or like you just don't want to admit that you've just done something stupid on behalf of someone else. <laughs> but then, you know.
0: <laughs> you're welcome for taking the stick. <laughs> Next time I'm just going to take like one leaf. Be like, oh, <laughs> got this one <laughs> leaf. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, that's really man. funny yeah so that was my weekend
1: that's funny that's yeah That's yeah. my weekend was putting down new rugs in our house because our dog pees everywhere yeah we can't get control of that <laughs> I mean I feel like we like grew out of our kids peeing everywhere they still pee everywhere outside but our kids now
0: <laughs> they don't pee sorry. everywhere outside sorry that made me laugh
1: that's a good one um we grew out of that, and now we have a dog who um, has had a little Liberty taken Liberty. T- <laughs> t- t- and peed on the rugs. So anyway, I thought, oh, I could clean them, and I could take care of them. But the truth is that you can order Amazon rugs pretty cheaply, and I was like, I'm just going to get some new
0: rugs. Yeah, they look so- good. that's what my weekend was um i saw this visual speaking of dogs peeing yeah which you know we often are speaking of (laughs) and these you know nature scientists what are they called wildcrats whoever they were
1: (laughs) did you just call people with the profession of like
0: you don't know what it's called either do you
1: environmental science oh i don't think so smart that sounded
0: Anyway, these people were tracking wild dogs or something like that, Uh and they color-coded, like, their paths, and um, it showed that, like, marking their territory actually worked. Like, there was, like, yellow scribbles in one corner, and then purple, and then red, and, like, they would touch a little bit. Yeah. But, like, they're tracking – they must have put trackers, like, on collars or on their skin or something they could totally see that it actually helped them, like, stay in their own little zone. It was really interesting.
1: Really interesting. Yeah. It
0: could have been a child who took a picture and just colored on it, but <laughs> it looked like science.
1: <laughs> so that's what I say about the pictures that come home from school. I'm like, yeah, it looks like you did something. <laughs> looks yeah. like science. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Let's publish this. <laughs>
0: All right. Speaking of publishing things.
1: Yeah. Did you publish something?
0: No. But... <laughs> I thought we'd talk about writing a mission statement.
1: Yes, 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 writing a mission statement. So yeah. we welcome to the
0: podcast, Rachel. <laughs>
1: uh, this is something that we've implemented um like most things in our life. Like we have a mission statement and we've had a mission statement. Sometimes it comes through, sometimes it doesn't. So that's th- the main thing we want you to know on this podcast. Is we're not doing all the things we talk about, <laughs> like
0: or we're not doing them well at the not, very least. Yeah,
1: like we're <laughs> attempting, or we have ideals or theories about how things could work, and then we give them a shot, and then we don't for a little while, and then we go back to it. And this is one of those things I would say we put into place at the beginning of our marriage, where we had a mission statement. We did um, some work around the words that we really wanted for our family, and like at least mm-hmm. at that time for our marriage and our finances. To understand what would guide us, how we would how we would proceed in our giving and our spending and whatnot, so we started that out, and then we had kids, and like I think we adhered to it loosely. And over the past fifteen years, we've we've gone in and out of using our mission statement, but it has remained pretty steady on the words that we put in place when we created it.
0: Yeah, so we have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't include myself in that.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Wow, this just became a singles podcast starring David. (laughs) I... (laughs) have a tendency I definitely have a bigger tendency to overcomplicate things than you like I'm just like oh well we could just add a little bit more yeah
1: well what is great about you is you're a dreamer and you're like oh this would be amazing and like you have ideas that are like theoretically would be amazing but then when it comes down to it we're like we can't do that are you kidding me (laughs)
0: like you know I'll clean my friend's yard but really what (laughs) happens is I end up with one (laughs) stick in my car
1: good idea in theory (laughs)
0: So, yes, I overcomplicate things. We wrote a mission statement when we were married. We literally can't find any written version of it. I have
1: one, but it's somewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what can't find means.
1: No, I mean, like, I also, I started a blog for a little bit, and I had that in it, but now I don't remember the password to the blog. I mean, join the club. I'm sure our listeners are like, oh, yeah, I don't remember a password to any of my crap, you know? I just
0: had a picture, like... Of our parents sitting in the 80s, being like, "Well, I wrote a blog, but I can't find a password." (laughs) (laughs) I think they must have dealt with much different things than us. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, So, but my point is, we wrote like a mission statement that was probably a sentence or two, kind of long. I never memorized it, but to your point, there are at least two values in there, like phrases that we've never forgotten. Yeah. And for us, one of those was generosity, and the other was messy community. Um, and so I think that's the beauty of this process is you can make mistakes. My mistake being overcomplicating it and it can still be worthwhile and create a filter that's really valuable.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that even, even in its worst form, like when we're in the ebb and flow and it's flow, it's, it's ebbing. Is that the right way? Like where we're not doing it at all.
0: I mean, it depends on how you're using (laughs) the metaphor, but the ebbing is when the water is going back out
1: yeah so like, in my mind, when we are like not necessarily close to the mission statement or we're not really like conscious about what we're doing, right. it's still, I do think it's in the back of our mind to think through how we're making decisions for our family, and so that includes things from like our finances all the way to how we're raising our children and who we are interacting with and what um, activities we're involved with, they all filter through those particular things,
0: yeah, because I think. Here's the visual that I have. Yeah. Like in my dreams, it's like the Von Traps. Like all the kids come down the stairs and they have like parts and memorize things, right? Like that's, I, that's. What I believe people think when they're like, "Oh, we have a mission statement," and everyone and our family—that's what
1: family looks like. <laughs>
0: and everyone in our family can say it, and you know, put it to song.
1: <laughs> no, but like, and then I, say goodnight with it at a party. <laughs>
0: that's right, Alvita Zane.
1: And then everybody goes to bed on their own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's none, the funniest none of part. That happens.
0: <laughs> no, but I do feel like there's this like idea of perfection of we're going to make this mission statement. Everyone's going to memorize it. It's going to become so much of who we are. And that you can fall short of that, and this can be a useful and valuable process. Um, you know, like your five-year-old could remember one word of, of it, and that might be like, hey, that's the word that they stick with. Like, that's yeah. the thing they think of as family. Um, so all that to say, you do not have to do this perfectly to do this purposely? Fully? Purp- yeah. yeah, look at that. I almost and- had a fun <laughs> phrase, but now I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think that points to uh, the idea that we need to try to keep this as simple as possible, which I'm struggling with. So, so the reason this is front of mind is that we recently were like, we should redo this and actually include our kids, yeah, um, and revamp it, and let's see what they say and how we do this together. And I now have a two sided sheet of like lined paper with all the notes from our discussion with them, and I'm like, I don't know how to keep this simple. <laughs> Right. Uh, Because they could turn into, like, you know, the preamble of the Constitution really quickly. And no one's remembering that.
1: Yeah, so what this looked like for our family is at the front end, on our honeymoon, we discussed what this was. So it was just you and I coming up with a few words. I hope so,
0: on our honeymoon. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And um, so you and I came up with a few words. We've gone now 15, 17 years. It's been 17 years. Do you not know? It's around 17, <laughs> <laughs> roughly. So we've gone 17 years with the same thought process. And a couple weeks ago, we went on a what I would call a family retreat. We went and did some fun stuff, and then we stayed at a cabin. And we had an intentional discussion that invited our kids into this process. So we shared with them, you know, like, here's the process we went with before. And now we're at a point where you guys probably have some really great opinions and some thoughts. And so the questions that you asked were really great to sort of prompt the discussion. What were those? Do you remember?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You did did a great job, Dave. Now uh, tell everybody. Tell
1: everybody. I set you up.
0: Um, Yeah. They were essentially like, what words would you use to describe us? And either this is who we are or this is who you think we should be. Uh Um, So there was room for it to be aspirational. Uh, and then there was room also to say, what are words that d- you think d- describe us that are negative? Yeah. Um, and so the way we did it was we were just sitting around a fire and everyone had a piece of paper and gave them like five minutes to write as many words as they wanted to. Um, and then every person went through their words and I kind of compiled them into a master list. Um, and we were, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but pleasantly
1: Please. I would say pleasantly surprised.
0: Um, that there was, there was a decent amount of overlap.
1: Yeah, like between them, between the kids and between us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I think that was one thing that was really interesting. And that's something to pay attention to as you're thinking through your mission statement is that you might be coming up with a lot of things that um, may fit under one larger bucket. So take, for instance, like um, like our kids may have said something like, you know, like we want to be a family that um, is visiting homeless people. We want to be Mm -hmm. a family that has a lot of people in our house, and we want to be a family that always has a fridge full of food. So those three things can be lumped into, like that comes out of a generous spirit or a generous heart. And so you can kind of start bucketing a lot of those things. And what was really neat is that all of our kids and our comments did overlap. And it was it was sort of affirming to say, oh, our kids are going to make it. Like, (laughs) it's going to be okay, you know?
0: Yeah. Again, like, I know that they're here and they're absorbing things. I think my fear was that they're absorbing all the negatives that I see and not any of the positives. So it was encouraging for them to be throwing out words that I would describe as positive attributes that we're trying to create in our family.
1: Yeah, what are some of the words that you remember from our discussion?
0: Um, loud was actually surprising to me, and it was used as a positive in most cases, yeah. That, it was
1: said over and over,
0: yeah. That we, you know, are I, I didn't use that word exactly, I think I used like fun and funny, but at least two or three said loud, other people said sort of silly, um, and that that was something that our kids, I think. <laughs> Just as a small segue, like I just sort of assumed as our kids got older that they'd be like, oh, you guys are so silly, like in the bad way, and like stop embarrassing me. But it was clear that there's a certain amount of, again, in the right setting and not in front of their friends, maybe, like where they really enjoy the noise and the loudness and the silliness and just being able to be kids.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So that was one. uh, I think generosity because that was part of our original uh, mission statement, I was hoping that would come up and it did. And yeah. so that was good in different forms. But so those are a couple examples uh, of things that I was like, I don't know if these are going to come out. And they did. And that was encouraging.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think <clears throat> like a sense of hospitality came out, which was really fun. And it's fun to just see your kids grow into the words that you sort of say over them from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it did come out f- differently for each of them. So then what that discussion led to was us coming back and, like, bucketing the things that we heard and being able to say, all right, so it sounds like this is who we are. And I think that what that does for a child is it gives them some identity that is outside of themselves. It sort of, like, <clears throat> it starts to let them feel grounded and self-assured in saying, oh, this is who I am. Like I know that in my life, any time that anyone has named me has said, oh, you're great at blank or, mm-hmm. oh, you're really interested in that. It always helps me define myself and it raises how I think about myself. And I think that the mission statement with your kids has the opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah, this is a good practice of um, one side of the communal and the individual which is, I think, generally in our society, we're really good at celebrating the individual. Uh, And historically, we used to be much more focused on the communal and probably to the detriment of the individual. And so, to me, this is a way to say, like, you're part of something. You're in a community. And it gives you a name, as you said. Like, we've named you, literally. But this sort of says this is kind of who you are in the context of our family, but then also you have freedom to be child X and child Y, right? And and you have freedom to be mom and in your own way. And so I think mixing those two things actually gives a lot of security and identity to children um, when they have both that bedrock of, oh, I'm part of the Smiths and we do things like this And also I have the freedom to explore things that they don't necessarily have to explore or want to do.
1: Yeah, and I think that the other part of doing the individual exercise within the community of the family is that like, the siblings get to say, oh, yeah, I see generosity in you in this Mm -hmm. way. And then they go to their next sibling and they're like, well, I see generosity in a totally different way for you. And you start to see how these words are... um, making sense to each child but then they begin to see each other well which helps their relationship helps them sort of practice seeing other people really well not because like and and not as total individuals but as a part of the whole and like it's almost like an invitation between siblings to invite each other into the whole but maintaining their individuality
0: yeah, you, you just sparked an idea, which is when we get around to posting this in our house, we haven't figured out exactly how we're going to do that yet, and sort of unveil it, that we should...
1: Huge mural on the wall.
0: Just of uh, my face.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and my stick. Or the ceiling. <laughs> and then it? you on the writing <laughs> dot to dot, it'll be great. Um, huge mural on the wall. Uh, what, However we decide to do that, that part of that ceremony, if you will, should be us naming each other's, how we live those things out.
1: Because uh-huh.
0: um, like you said, that brings the individual into the group, but also sort of sends the individual out with the group identity. And I think that's really powerful.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think that one thing we saw um, as well, like so sometimes it's hard to express the negatives. Like you had mentioned um, that part of this process was us saying not only what we like about the family, but also what we might not like about the family. So I thought one thing that was interesting was that one of our kids brought up something that they get frustrated with in our family, and it actually helped name some of the gifting of one of our other kids. Mm. And we were able to say, oh, like, this might be frustrating for you, but it's almost like this other kid is trying to be seen in this, like, let's use, like, being dramatic, for example, like... You like one kid gets frustrated with another child who may be over the top or right. extremely dramatic, and um, and that kid may have not been able to name that before, but in that naming, that sometimes that can be negative. You have the opportunity as a family to help that child make it a positive and actually feel a bit more at home in that, even though it might be something different than what the family's used to. Mm-hmm. And it raises their self-esteem and gives them ownership of something. and it kind of helps regulate the negative parts of each of us. you yeah. know. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. Um, there were a couple of things like you gave a hypothetical, but like the one of the ones that was actually said was that was maybe more directed at me <laughs> if we're being honest was that we, we are sarcastic. Uh. And several people said that, not just you. I knew you would say it, but uh, <laughs> um, and so, like one of the things I've been thinking about is, it was it took some work not to be offended in this process, yeah, um, and to allow our kids to have negative feelings about our family and say this is something I don't like, um, and to sit in that and say, okay, I am the chief leader of that like when it comes to sarcasm like I bring that into the family it can be fun sometimes but it, clearly it's problematic and something that I need to explore um, and so I say that because this process seems like oh this is fun let's come up with some good words about how great we are but it also can dig up a little bit of dirt and I think it's more of effective and powerful long term if we allow that to happen and then really explore, okay, what is going on in that dirt? What are we responsible for? But to your point, it's also you know an opportunity to name, like, oh, dad's funny and we really like that about him, but you know, there is sarcasm in our family that probably starts with him that we need to weed out. And so that's just a different version of what you were describing, which is there's something about a sibling that might be hard or difficult, but flipping that around and saying it's a a function of this beautiful part of them. And so yeah. how do we appreciate the beautiful part but also help them learn this other part might be challenging for people and they can work on that.
1: Yeah, and it's just nice to to give it some air, you know, like mm. to let it breathe in a really safe place. And um, I think it helps each of us grow into the better part of ourself rather than being afraid of the negative parts of ourselves.
0: Yeah, it also, it really helps to... Breathe some air into it, and then give everyone some s'mores.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> made it that made was it, helpful. <laughs> made it go down a little easier. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. <laughs>
0: um, I, that's you know, this isn't a homework assignment. Like it can be a fun family thing, and our kids get excited about this sort of stuff. Like yeah. I think our kids want to be part of a family, even if they say they don't or act like they don't, um, and they want they want to be able to speak into. You know, like that gives them agency and power, and they want that. And so, to hand a little bit of that to them and say, "Hey, you are part of this family. You get to name what we're like, um, and let's do that together." And then I I think it was eye opening for them to realize, "Oh, my brothers see this similarly. My parents see this similarly. Like we're kind of living in the same world (laughs) together." Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think this sometimes happens in a healthy family when you have adult children. Because I think as you leave the home, you start processing the positives and negatives of your family, especially as you interact with people outside of your family in a more real way, like you're living in dormitories or you're getting married or whatever. Well, you start
0: to realize the things that you thought were completely normal are actually just quirks of your family. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, oh, that's not everyone's experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so this is on a smaller scale, helping our kids to process that a little bit earlier Making them just feel a little more comfortable, I just remember like going home from college and sort of making fun of my parents for how we've done some th- some things because I never knew otherwise uh-huh. and um and it was a little bit freeing and it just made me feel like like, oh, I'm an individual in this family, and I'm starting to see things differently and that and it took some work to feel at home in that. does yeah. that make sense? Mhm yeah, it does.
0: So the last thing I was going to say is, I think, posting this somewhere really visible in your home is kind of what's going to bring this to fruition. And we're sitting here, like I said, with a piece of paper. It's been a month, and I haven't gotten to that part. Nor have I, let's be fair. critical part of this is this needs to be up and visual, uh, visual, See- seeable, yeah. what's <laughs> Viewable. <laughs> I don't know what don't word know. I'm looking for here, but it just needs to be prominent. Is probably the word I'm looking for. In a couple of examples, we've seen that we have one friend who has this like beautiful foyer, and they have it's probably a six or eight foot canvas, tall canvas, four feet wide or something like that, and it has like their mission statement and who they are on there, uh-huh. and a bunch of values, and um, and it's just like every day their kids walk down the stairs, and it's right in front of them, and I think that's a cool way to think about it. Um, another one that was maybe quote unquote simpler, but, uh, just as effective was someone we knew when their kids were younger had like all their values. So it was just like one word. It was like eight different words, but they're all on their own, just, uh, pasted on the wall or painted on the wall above their breakfast nook. So every morning their kids are eating breakfast underneath those words. I think that was a cool way to like make it really front and center.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that is the last step in the process. And then actually, like, living it out, you know, like, I think... No, that- no, no,
0: no. We're not going to change <laughs> our lives, right, Rachel? <laughs> Well, I, said,
1: I think um, another friend of ours has said, um, and I think they took it from a book, but basically how it would sound in our family is, you know, like, hey, child of mine, sweet child, child of, of mine. mine. um Dear child of mine, Smith men do blank. Like, you are a Smith man, and this is how we fit in the world, and this is out of line. You know, like, so using that in your language to let them know, like, no, we actually do filter our life through this. And then, like, even in discussions about where are we going to go on vacation or what are we going to do for um, the next week or what does school look like tomorrow for you, filtering those things through, and they will sort of naturally pop up like, oh, man, it sounds like you're in this situation. Do you feel like there's an opportunity to be generous in this, either generous with your heart, generous Mm -hmm. with your friendship, generous with your items, your things, Um, but helping them start thinking through those filters is really beneficial. That's sort of the last step. So I would say to summarize, like we have some steps. Like the first one is – for spouses to get together and think through, like, what do we think the mission statement is? Or, like, what are the things that we, we want to who, be?
0: Yep. Um,
1: and then the second step, and this is especially true when your kids get older, is including your family in this process and reevaluating. And then, of course, the third step is to implement these things both by maybe um, posting them somewhere, even if it's a note card on your fridge, um, having it somewhere that's readily available, and then allowing it to bleed into conversations, to guide conversations and decisions in your family.
0: Boom. Drop the mic. There we go. That's good. All right, Rage.
1: Hey, Dave.
0: Hey, Rach. Let's, Are we
1: doing a stat of the week?
0: I don't know why you ask every week. As if, <laughs> as if I didn't just look it up well, moments ago.
1: <laughs> maybe this week you were sleeping. <laughs> no, probably not.
0: All right, let's go to the stat of the week.
1: Stat of the Week.
0: All right, Rach. <laughs> hey Welcome to the Stat here, of the babe. Week. <laughs> nice and slow. <laughs> uh, I got a stat for you.
1: Yeah, tell me.
0: This week. That's why I call it the Stat of the Week.
1: Oh, good. <laughs>
0: um, so do you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was all this, uh, you know, just attention in the news around oh it's march we're gonna have all these babies in december yeah like everyone's locked in their house yep yeah what
1: else are you gonna do watch and netflix
0: how uh, how uh, how big do you think that baby boom was
1: oh man are we talking like percentage based no. on
0: i just wanted you to know i wanted you to be like i wanted born? you to just be like big little
1: oh big
0: no no it's not rachel really we were having a baby bust People are not procreating right now. Really? Not that surprising. Like, have you been in the mood to procreate?
1: (laughs) Not for years. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) It's been a tough time. I think maybe those first couple of weeks, people were like, oh, this is great. Let's stay inside and have a baby. Um, But yeah, so they're expecting that we're going to have a huge drop in the number of births in 2021
1: and 2020. Wow. That's fascinating.
0: Because of the old pandemic.
1: Yeah, the stress and the, ugh.
0: Yeah, so leading into the pandemic, there were approximately... <laughs>
1: the not showering. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what pandemic were you in? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the not showering one, the one that took less care of myself.
0: <laughs> There's just shy of like 4 million births in America, let's say.
1: Prior to the pandemic. Yeah, prior to okay. the
0: pandemic. Um, In hundreds of thousands, how many fewer do you think they're expecting to have in
1: 2020? Oh, man. Uh four hundred like thousand 450
0: yeah it's close it's 300 really yeah there are estimates that we're gonna have three hundred thousand fewer fewer births because of the old uh, the old covid
1: 19 man that is this whole thing has wreaked havoc on us
0: yeah it has and some of it is um, probably temporary like just this has not been the time to do it but there's some evidence that people have sort of change their expectations for how many kids they want to have downward oh, because really? of this. Yeah. Because of the, you know, probably the emotional toll, but also the economic toll on a lot of people has led to like, oh, well, we're not having three kids. We're just going to we'll have 1.7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, you get a seven point seven of a kid.
1: Yeah. Man. Interesting. Yeah. I think that this pandemic, like I, I have felt it, I feel us coming out of it, which is exciting. Um, which has definitely spurred us forward to think about our mission statement and, like, sort of reevaluating. But it's almost like this year was this blip, this moment. Someone recently said "We it's almost like we died for a year and now we're back mm-hmm. because when I look back and say, oh, yeah, I used to do that, it was in 2019. Yeah. So we, like, skipped a whole year and now we – I think we can view it as a couple of ways. Like, I think that has, it has been really hard, but I also see it as a rebirth. Like, we have an opportunity to rebuild something that, some some elements of our family that were broken, some elements that were difficult. We have an opportunity to re-enter in a, in a better, wiser, stronger way, rather than just sticking with the patterns we knew before.
0: Yeah. I'm feeling that that's going to take some work right now. Like, because I feel us being sucked into pre-pandemic life without being real intentional about it. And so it's going to take some real work to rebirth, as you say. Yeah,
1: and I think that rebirth. the hard part, it's almost, <laughs> the hard part right now is that we're trying to rebirth, but we have like, but we're exhausted. And so <laughs> like, so at, at this point, I'm so worn down. I'm like, I don't care where our kids go or what they do. Just go, just go do, you know? Like, so there is a less intentional effort on my part and uh, that's not what I want it to be. But um, I think it's helpful to be pulling back and thinking about these mission statements. I know what's not in the mission statement is to birth more children. <laughs> not in ours. But you should not put in that in yours, people. Yes.
0: Go Get that birth it. rate up. That, that's right. we got to catch up. 2020 was a down year on the birth. Yeah. All right, So This has been good and fun. Thank you for being part of my mission statement.
1: <laughs> Thank you for being part of my mission statement? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and thank you for working on the farm. Hey,
1: thank you for working on the farm. Check ya.